At Qualcomm, we believe in staying connected, and you can see us wherever 5G is helping transform telemedicine, supporting remote education, and powering mobile PCs. The Invention Age is here. Learn more at qualcomm.com slash invention age. skills that schools never teach you because my father PhD academic type this word was a four-letter word for him again it's the number one reason that entrepreneurs fail but it's also the number one reason why some entrepreneurs make it extremely rich and the word today we're going to talk about is that four-letter word called sell. Most entrepreneurs cannot sell. And they go out there, they have this wonderful new product that nobody really cares about, and plus there's 9 million copies of it already. Somebody's already doing what they're trying to do, like another coffee shop. I mean, who needs another coffee shop today? And everybody's starting coffee shops because Starbucks is successful. And everybody's doing juices today because Odwala became very successful selling juices. Now, there's nothing wrong with starting that, but if you can't sell, you're going to go broke because our special guest today is Rich Dad Advisor, Blair Singer, and as he always says, sales equals income. And if you can't sell, there is no income. It's called top line. What is your top line? And most people have no top line. They got nothing coming in, and it's all going out the bottom line called cash flow going out through expenses. So very important show, but most importantly, our very special guest is a dear friend of the family. is Dr. Robert Cialdini. His book, first book, Influence, Influence Why Rich Dad, Poor Dad, became the number one best-selling book in personal finance of all times. It's because years ago, before, they, before I wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, Blair, Kim, and I studied the subject called sales or the psychology of why do people buy, why do people not buy? Those are the questions you have to ask. So Dr. Cialdini wrote this book called Influence, and it's how you influence people to buy. Fantastic book. Kim still has her copy. She and I discuss it. We use it to create the rich dad, poor dad phenomenal. As I say, I'm not a best writing author. You know, I failed high school twice because I can't write but I am a best-selling author. And all of these academic types, Robert Cialdini, exceptional, accepted here, they can't sell. You know, they cannot put a point across that people want to listen to. My poor dad could not sell. He hated salesmen, in fact. PhD. PhD stands for poor, helpless, desperate. They can't sell. That's the problem with it. So all of you who are entrepreneurs or want to be entrepreneurs or want to be better at your ability to be a more influential entrepreneur, this is your program. Any comments, Kim? Well, yes. I think today's a really special gift for all our listeners. Uh, Dr. Bob Cialdini is a marketing hero of mine, and I have studied him as with Robert and Blair profusely. Here's my book right here with post-its all over it. Um, it has totally influenced our lives. And here's what I love about this book, Influence, is that 
Bob, you actually wrote it for to to help people from being conned and deceived by these unethical salespeople. Like but, me. <laughs> <laughs> but the ones who kept buying it were people who were in sales and in marketing because it was such a simple, simple, simple concepts. You had six concepts, six principles, so simple and so easy to apply every day. And that's what we did. And I'm so happy to have our dear friend Blair Singer because he is also the expert on sales. And he's also the author of Little Voice Mastery as well as Sales Dog. And Bob Cialdini's is the CEO and president of Influence at Work, and his book is Influence, and his newest book is Persuasion. So welcome, Bob. Welcome, Blair. Wait, wait, say that again. Ta- it's not persuasion. It's persuasion. It's how you set it up before right. you make the sale. So that's why all of you who want to make more money, be better entrepreneurs, be better leaders, this is your book. So anyway, welcome to the program, Dr. Cialdini. Bob? And what is persuasion? What got you into this business? Because I think it was funny when I first met you. You said that you were generally dealing with being an academic at uh, Arizona State University. You're dealing with the academic types. And then you said, well, if I write a book, I'll influence the people who are non-academics like Blair, Kim, and I. <laughs> You're right, Robert. And one of the reasons it seemed to me important to write a book for um, a non-academic audience is that uh, I wanted to tell people about the research that we had done that will help them increase their outcomes, increase their satisfaction with life. The research that they paid for, you know, those academic studies, taxpayers paid for them. Right. They're entitled to know what we found about them with their money. We've got some answers for them, but we would bury them in academic journals rather than write for a popular audience. So that's one of the of the motivations I had. So you wrote to, a mass market book versus a textbook. Exactly. Right. What is your background and how did you get into this field of influence and the psychology of selling and you know all the things that most academics don't think are important? All my life I've been a sucker. <laughs> I've always been a pushover for the appeals of various kinds of uh, uh, salespeople or fundraisers who've come to my door. Did you buy the Ginzu knife? I bought everything. <laughs> and, and, you know, I would stand in unwanted possession of these things and say to myself, what just happened here? You know, you know what I always buy? What? Take this pill and you lose 20 pounds. I, <laughs> I know it doesn't work, but I got to right. buy it. Well, so if that's the case, it's something other than the merits of the thing, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. If that's not what I really wanted, but I wound up holding it, and the guy who had it a minute ago is now walking away with my money, it had to be the way he presented those merits. Right not the merits themselves. Right. I mean, like, like I said, that was a, that's that thing. Was a, over 1 million of these bottles have been sold. Right. People have lost 25 million pounds. And I, know, I know they're lying <laughs> yeah. to me, but I still buy it. So <laughs> what is it? What are, the strum, what are the strings that are being strummed inside us by the way somebody presents uh, an opportunity that resonate with our fundamental nature? Right the fundamental tendencies we have to say yes under certain circumstances. But it's more than that, you know, because what you got into with your first book, Influence, 
was how we get people to do things they would never have done that are so unethical, immoral, and illegal. For example, uh, about three or four weeks ago, I was in Berlin, and then Kim and I were in Amsterdam. And so I'm looking at the Berlin Wall as Trump is yelling and screaming, we've got to build a wall. And then I went to the Holocaust museums and all this. And you have to ask the question, how did the German people get to do this? And that's what you covered in Influence. And then Kim and I were just in Amsterdam, and we went to the Anne Frank Museum because they ran and they escaped from Germany, the Frank family. And then they were hiding in Amsterdam. And how did their own people turn them in mm-hmm. to be slaughtered? And that's why your book, Influence, is such an important read, is the question is, how do you get actually normally good, honest people to create an atrocity such as mass genocide? That's why the ethical component in the use of these principles— very important. Very important. So I I think it's central, and we have to be aware of it at every step because we've got dynamite here. Right. But you can use dynamite to blow up a bridge, or you can use dynamite to help build a bridge. What we have to do as individuals who know this research, we have to exclusively— so build quickly, bridges with it. So quickly explain how did Hitler and the Nazis get honest, good, hardworking people to create mass genocide because he couldn't the, do it by himself. Yeah, what was the principle that was in that you talked about in Influence, one of the six principles? It was the principle of social proof. He understood the multitude is the message. What does that mean? If a lot of people believe it, it must be true. And he was a master at creating crowds and massing audiences who saw one another believing it, which caused them to believe it, no matter what it was. As Blair always says it, everybody's in sales. You have anybody in that company says, I'm not in sales, do what Trump says. You're fired. You're <laughs> fired. you got to sell today. There's too much product out there. There's too many people competing for your business. Everybody's got a website. I mean, you got a website. So what? Nobody's looking at it. So if you don't have the basic skills of what we're talking about on today's program, fire yourself. So we're talking to Dr. Robert Cialdini. His first book is Influence. Kim, Kim's got her book here. It's Index, Red, Blair's Torn Apart. I've read it so many times. It's one of the main reasons Rich Dad, Poor Dad is an international bestseller. As I said, I'm not a best writing author, but I'm a best-selling author. And I got so much criticism from people. Oh, you can't write. I said, well, you sound like my English teacher. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so the story of Rich Dad, Poor Dad is my poor dad, you know, he hated salesmen, and my rich dad... You know, it was an entrepreneur. He says, Robert, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you've got to sell. And that's why my first real job was with the Xerox Corporation, so I could learn how to professionally sell. But even that's not enough today because the markets are getting more sophisticated. People are getting smarter. you got you're social media. you got the, the Internet. you got all of that stuff. But you're also going on some of the brightest minds in sales and marketing. And you come out of, you know, let's say I'm a lawyer and you're going to be a salesman. Well, you're out gunned, man, because lawyers don't even speak English. That's the problem. Same as medical doctors. So if you're going to be successful in anything in life, you've got to get Dr. Cialdini's book, First One's Influence. And now we're going to talk about his second book, Presuasion. 
And, and let me just add, this is not just for people that are in sales and in marketing, but this is if you're going to, if you want to influence your child, mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to talk to your child, if you want to talk to your spouse, if you want to have a job interview, it's for anybody that you want to influence in the world or haven't make an impression on, correct? Exactly okay. right. Get your point across. Exactly right. So what is persuasion? As opposed to influence, which was about what you put into your message, what factors you load into your appeal. Presuasion is about what factors you load into the moment before you present your appeal to create a state of mind in your audience to be receptive to the factors inside your appeal. What you were, what you were talking about, you've got to set the agenda first. You set the agenda. You, you create a mindset, in other words. What I cracked up is you, when you said... If you want to sell German wine, play German music before they walk in the store because it puts them in the mind. Or you want to sell a bed that's comfortable, you put clouds on your website to say you're comfortable. If you want to say we're the cheapest bed on earth, you put pennies on it. Not only do you want to do that, there's research showing that that works at incredible levels of success. Right. And, and they all, But you also said that people talk about those banner ads and all that. You're actually saying it works. It works. Those things to the side you think you're not seeing. Yeah, yeah, tell us about that because I always like, I just shut them off. I think I'm shutting them off. You think you're shutting them off. You're not. They're getting in and they're creating attention to a particular concept that is then going to channel your behavior appropriately. Wait, wait, I'll put it into the layman's terms. Right. What you said is people don't even remember seeing them. They don't even remember seeing no. them, but... I never saw the clouds. But when they're presented with those ads or those clouds later, and they say, no, that didn't have any influence. In fact, the research shows it had big influence on their behavior, what they chose after seeing those things that seemed unconscious to them. So the furniture ad, you had the one with the clouds, and they that you found that those people wanted looked for more comfortable furniture were the ones with all the coins in the background for the furniture ad. They looked for cheaper furniture. They looked for inexpensive yeah. furniture because the first thing they saw on the landing page of the website was a concept for comfort or a concept for price. And that channeled them into the subsequent material, all of the options they had in a way that was focused on either comfort or cost. Blair, what do you think of all that? Well... It all makes sense now. In mm-hmm. retrospect, when you think of the, the successful selling that you've done and the, and, the, and the sales that hadn't worked is when the context or the environment was set up ahead of time and you, as you said, preloaded the environment to get people to channel down a particular area. Like if you can't sell, you suck, right? And so if that if that message is loaded in ahead of time and then you try to sell a sales training program afterwards, you're going to do a lot better than if you just try to to sell it on the merits of knowing how to sell. Now, what happens to most sales guys, which you cover in, in your book, Persuasion, they focus on the closing. We call it in a sale to right. close. So they close hard, they close hard. You've got to close 10 different ways, six different styles mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And they beat the customer to death And what you're saying is the sale starts long before that. You know, here's the thing that led me to that recognition. There was a knock at my door a number of years ago. And there was I found a man who was asking me to contribute to a cause that is after school programs for kids, right? He showed me no credentials. 
I hadn't heard of this program at all, and I wound up giving him more money than I do to a legitimate or, uh, charity that comes to my door. And I felt good about it afterwards. And I closed the door, and I said to myself, what just happened here? It wasn't what he was giving me because he didn't give me enough to make me give my money to him. It's what he did first. He brought his seven-year-old daughter with him. Holy moly. Oh, man. And he focused me on children and the needs of children. And then I was happy to give him money, even though I had no reason to believe him. I was The priorities had shifted from risk to children. So once again, this is Dr. Robert Cialdini. He's a best-selling author and researcher, CEO, and president of Influence at Work. He's an expert in the fields of persuasion, compliance, and negotiation. His website is influenceatwork, all one word, dot com. And also Rich Dad advisor, Blair Singer. He's the author of Little Voice Mastery and Sales Dogs. Because what we're talking about is how do you influence that little voice inside the head? You don't get the focus on yours, on what you're selling. You're finished. So the two books are for Dr. Cialdini. His first book is Influence. It is a must. If you're dealing with people, you must read this book. If you're in sales, you have to read this book. And then persuasion is how the context is set up to make it easier for you to make the point without closing, closing, closing. Like, they, what was that movie, the ABC, Always ABC, Be Closing? ABC, Always Be, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Always right? Be Closing. Always Be Closing. Either you're winning or you're losing. You don't know that. Well, the beauty about what you're talking about, too, is from a selling perspective, it takes the heat off of you as a salesperson to have to be the hard closer right. and to have to all the all or nothing. It's do or die at the end is that from an ethical perspective, as you're talking about, to be able to set it up the way you want it, to set it up in a way that that lays the groundwork to create a relationship as right. opposed to just, as, as Robert says, we were learning the five-call close, man. It's an arm wrestle at the end. Who's going to either win or you lose? And isn't that one of your points, Bob, about um, gaining trust? If you can gain trust early on, then your the chances of success are much greater. Exactly right, Kim. It, trustworthiness is the single trait that people most want in any kind of experience exchange romantic exchange personal family and economic exchange they want to be able to trust the other person and you know and today especially if you're a parent i mean i don't see how people i mean players are parent i don't know how you deal with kids today i don't either because, because they have <laughs> so much exposure <laughs> now they have some you know i was talking to this kid he just googled something so now that's not true hmm. You know what I mean? The, the kid knows more faster than I could ever mm. figure out. So, yeah. So, how how do you how do you gain trust? What's an example of gaining trust? You know, there are a lot of ways that we've yeah. been told, but here's the one that we almost never do, and that is, before we describe the strongest element of our case, the most favorable feature of what we have to offer, right? The the greatest strength, we mention a weakness. And that establishes us as honest about everything we're going to say next. And then you present your strength. And so now what? people are experiencing your strength in the context of your trustworthiness. And they believe it and, more. And could this, the weakness be of you personally or of your product? Does it make a difference where that weakness lies? It could be either. Some drawback. We're not the largest, 
right? Okay. Um, okay. We're expensive. Remember what L'Oreal did? They said, we're expensive, but, you but you're it. worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember yeah, yeah. what yeah. Avis did? They said, number, we're number, number two, two, but right. we try harder. Both of those went gangbusters in terms yeah. of creating greater market oh, impact. Okay. So, so let great, me, let me say something else, what you say great. in the book Persuasion. You said the best salesman always pretended to be kind of a screw-up. Yeah, you know, and what what makes my sales so good is I don't have to pretend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually proud of my scripts. Well, you this know? is something that Warren Buffett does in his annual review, uh, his annual reports to his shareholders. On the first page, he tells you about something that went wrong that right. year. It's so disarming mm. that you now. Trust believe him. the next thing he says and the next thing he says. And you just answered a question of mine because I'm wondering how do I use this in print? Yep. Because there's a lot of print out there on the Internet. and How do you use that? And that's one example. Right. Typically, if we're going to be honest and we have drawbacks, we present them at the end after we've yeah. got people leaning in our direction. This says, no, no, no. Take that lemon and make lemonade out of it by showing people your honesty first. Now, everything that you say next gets more processed more deeply mm. and believed more But fully. don't you cringe when somebody gets up there, they're the expert, they're spouting off their credentials and how smart they are and how intelligent they are. All it does is make me not like them more. Right. Like, like, like almost bragging. Any comments on that, Blair? Yeah, as a matter of fact, that when we teach people how to present, how to earn credibility, just the natural way, I, as I'm listening to you, the natural way we, we do it is we talk about our failures first. You know, where mm-hmm. we come from, which earns us the right to be here now, whereas most people do it at exactly the opposite. So we have a lot to, to bet. Well, and I, I remember right? Kenny, Kenny, Ken McElroy, who is our rich dad advisor in real estate, he, he used a same, similar example, and he right. was going in front of lenders for a major multi-multi-million-dollar project. And he is in front of these, these uh, lenders, and he said, well, let me tell you what the problems are. And that's how we started. Mm-hmm. And he went through all the problems. Mm-hmm. And then he said, and now let me tell you how we're going to fix them. Yeah. Boom, sold. Sold. So this is probably, once again, I cannot explain. We've known uh, Dr. Chaldean and his wife, Babette, for years and years and years. He's influenced our lives here. Rich Dad is a best-selling book. Kim and I have made millions of dollars because we read this book called Influence. (laughs) And now I'm studying his next book, Persuasion. So for those of you who need to lead people, influence, even your kids, or sell a product, or talk to your Even employees, your, or talk to your boss. Your you, got, you have to know these skills. But please, I mean, Dr. Cialdini emphasizes it all the way through. Use them legally, ethically, and morally for good purpose. And that's why I brought up how Hitler was able to get in an entire German pop, the world, I mean, his world, to do the atrocities mm-hmm. unconscionable to man. But the same, you know, people are, oh, I'm glad that's not happening. It's happening every day right now with this so-called religious wars with ISIS and yeah. Taliban. It's in the human condition. So, ladies and gentlemen, these are two of the most important books if you want to be a better human being. But please be legally, ethical, and moral. Even if you're not in sales, you may have kids, you work for somebody, you have a husband or a wife you need to influence. Very important skill set. But also you want to listen to you have friends, family people, or business people. Everybody should listen to this program because it's really about how you influence or how you get your point across. And as we know today, there is so much noise today. I mean, there is more noise than ever before in the history of humanity. I mean, every person now has three or four websites. I don't know how anybody gets any attention out there. Mm. 
You know, I sit there and all this, and everybody's got a book. Ah, I'm a bestseller. So our guest today is Robert Chell, Dr. Robert Cialdini. His book, Influence, was one of the main reasons that Rich Dad, Poor Dad is a best-selling book, even though I'm not a great writer, but I can sell. And the reason my friend Blair is here, because he's a Rich Dad advisor on sales and marketing and communication, because those are the human skills. Communication is everything. And if you can't communicate, I mean, how many of you ever sat talking to somebody and they're texting somebody else? Mm. Drives me crazy. Uh, I mean, you know, how rude and disrespectful. <laughs> or you're talking to an audience, a guy leans over, he's talking to the neighbor. I jump on him. I mean, I, you know, I'm a former Marine. You just don't do that stuff. Mm. But that's our society today. You can't do that. So uh, we have our next guest who works at the Rich Dad Company. He's a head of marketing here. And like I said, as I'm the old guy, I know nothing about the web and Greg has the task of Greg Arthur has the task of trying to get through the clutter and noise out there. Even though Rich Dad Poor Dad, I mean Rich Dad is a major international brand. You know, you're here today, gone to Maui. They forget about you so fast today. So I want Greg to ask uh, Dr. Cialdini, Robert Cialdini, about how do you get people? And this is what's covered in Dr. Cialdini's book, Persuasion. It's called Pay Attention. How many have gone to school and the teacher says, pay attention? And what Dr. Cialdini says, you gotta pay for that attention today. Mm. And you can't you don't have enough money to get them to pay them to do it, but that's what we do a lot. We want pay attention. Because if they're not paying attention to you, they're paying attention to somebody else. So Greg, how how do what what questions would you have for Dr. Cialdini? Now you represent all the other techies out there. <laughs> okay. Millions Trying of websites to get through that noise. Like to pay attention. Right. Well, uh, you really fascinated me when you were talking about the banners because I, I always thought I had banner blindness as well. And so I would love to know how, how to use the banners to, to grab the attention for the, the persuasion. On top of that, one of our biggest challenges is we're trying to sell education. And, mm -hmm. and right now, education, it also implies the word work and effort and energy and time. And, and that's a rough sell. But people expect education to be free, and well, they also think yeah. it's boring on top of it. Especially on the web. So the people we're, we're pushing to on the web already are getting their information free. They're getting it everywhere, and then we're trying to sell them. Yeah, exactly right. So the book Presuasion is about what you do first. So let's go to what, you, what your people who come to you see first. What's on your landing page? There needs to be imagery and evidence that this is about education. And you channel their attention now to those things that are attention-related. Let's say you've got a blast, an email blast that you're sending to get people for a particular offer that you have. Let me give you the results of a study. This was done by Royal Caribbean International. The shipping, the, the cruise line. The cruise line. They had a limited-time offer. In the subject line of the email, they said, three-day limited time offer, and they did one thing differently. On each side of those words, they had an emoji of a clock. What's an emoji? A, a graphic? Yeah, like a little image. Oh, a little you image. You can see his a little tech savvy there. <laughs> of a clock. That caused... 3% more people to open the email. Hmm. And believe me, that's a lot. Yeah. That right? is, yes. It caused 
15% more to click through and accept the offer that produced a, a several hundred percent increase in revenue. Right? What those clocks did was to focus people on the concept that was the that was the center, the mm-hmm. core of the message. Limited time. Time decay. Right? Yeah. Right. So the emoji was kind of put that urgency in their it mind. It put the and they wow. so fifth now three percent went to the site. How could it be that three percent then produced fifteen percent? Because the the emojis readied them for a limited time. And that's offer. why your book is called Persuasion. That's why it's called Persuasion. Not Persuasion. And for you folks, you need an open book image in your subject line. That's great. That's that's amazing. Thank you. Is that is yeah. that to influence yeah. the idea or preset the idea of education and It studies? is to, to preset, and you only want one kind of you don't want all the eyes. You don't want the eyes of people who don't, who don't care about yeah. education. Right. You want the people who care about education. You want to alert them. You want to channel them to that this is about education, and you do it first. That's fantastic. In my mind, and I teach this, the subject line only has one purpose. Get them to open the email. And you just blew my mind because it has two purposes. Get them to open the email, but also preset their brain for what you put in the email. Right. That's and, awesome. And, that's, Bob, let me ask amazing. you, too, because in our – we're always we're always looking at um, again how to how to get their attention and how to pay for that attention. Um, pay attention is, is is asking a question. Um, does it is it effective in print? It is because you talked about the survey. There's a beautiful study in which marketers went up to people on the street and asked them to try a new product, right? A new soft drink. They had to give their email address in order to get access to this new product. They would get some information, right? Only 30% agreed to do it. But if the marketer first gave them a piece, a a flyer, a handbill with the same information on it, except at the top, it said, do you consider yourself an adventurous person? (laughs) Now 50% gave their because what your wow. stats showed in your book, it was what, went from twenty nine percent to like seventy nine percent. That was that was a uh, that was for asking the question: Do you consider yourself a helpful helpful person? person? Because they wanted to get you to fill out a survey. To fill out a survey, if you want people to try something new, if that's what your entrepreneurs mm. who are listening mm-hmm. have something new, the question to be asked is: Do you consider yourself adventurous? Because it. That steers them to their adventurous side. Yeah. You just ask girls yeah. that question. And now slap. they're channeled. <laughs> yeah, really. Hey, what's guys? Great. Robert Kiyosaki of the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. And our guest today is Dr. Robert Cialdini. His first book was Influence, and his latest book is Persuasion. Comments, Blair? Yeah, I'm just thinking about what question I'm going to ask my son to make sure he gets his homework done, for crying out loud. I mean, so it works across. Have him talk to me. Yeah, yeah right. right. <laughs> that, you're a great influence on getting homework done, for sure. So don't waste your time. But, but the, on, on the research, research shows it works across uh, adults, children, bosses, yes. everybody. Yeah. But you have to under, you, you always have to identify what your goal is, what your central what is it that you are selling? I got an email from a guy who said, 
he read the book Persuasion, and it changed something that he did with his son, two sons, actually, who were Boy Scouts. They were sitting outside of supermarkets selling popcorn for the Boy Scouts, yeah, right? We've seen that. We've all walked past all, those guys. Yep. Right? Yep, yep, yep. They were getting only about 15% uh, yes because they would, as people left the store, they would say, would you like to buy some popcorn? Only fifty people had just been in the. If they wanted popcorn, they could have bought it in the supermarket, right? Right. Instead, he read the book and he changed the question to, "Do you support the Boy Scouts?" Wow, of course. Good, good, good. That's what they were not selling popcorn. They were selling the Boy Scouts. Yep. Eighty-five percent. Wow. Now, either buy the popcorn or say, "I don't want your popcorn, but here's some money." You yeah. ask the question that channels them to the goal that you have, your central core strength. Right. And That's that, what has yeah. to go first. Yep. Got it. Because people also want to be consistent in their behavior of what they say and what they do. Exactly right, Kim. So a big question now is we have um, – you talk about bad publicity and all this stuff mm-hmm. and all this. And here we have this guy, Trump. Mm-hmm. As far as I was concerned, all they got was bad publicity from yep. the media. But he still won. Yep. I want to ask you, what was your evaluation? What worked? What didn't work? Here's the case. The context for the election was this is a change election. People wanted change. In fact, in the last 100 years, when a, a party has held the presidency for two terms, the next election goes to the opposite party 80% of really? the time. Oh. It was time for a change, mm-hmm. right? And what Donald Trump was able to do by bringing attention to himself is to produce an interesting side effect of attention. We assume that the things we are paying attention to have the status of causes. They are causal features of our environment because typically we when we do pay attention to something in our environment, we pay attention to the causes there. That's where we go, right? When we, it's time to pay attention, you pay attention to the thing that's causing. Well, if somebody gets a lot of our attention, which Trump was able to do, Master we assume he's a causal factor. Mm. Well, if it's a change election, mm-hmm. he's the guy who's, a, who's able, he's got the power to be a cause. So let me ask this question more specifically. Oh. Oh. He, he had to have nine lives because I thought he was dead nine times. <laughs> and, you know, you say in the book you thought that bad publicity is bad because it, it destroyed Tiger Woods, $22 million contract. But in Trump's favor, it worked. And what was the overriding factor for Trump? The factor was attention does two things. One is it uh, you, you assume that if you're paying attention – This is something important. It's something that's worth your attention. It's something that warrants your attention. And secondly, you assume that it has causal properties, the ability to change things. People thought that really change was actually possible through Trump. Exactly right. that's what people wanted. They wanted change. He was able to masterfully draw media attention so that – because he was so much the focus of attention, he came to be seen as someone able to create change because he was a causal figure. He got people to pay attention. Yep. 
So our guest today are Blair Singer. He's Rich Dad Advisor. He teaches the world on, on the art of selling, the art and science of selling, because if you can't sell, you have no money. Sales equals income. And also Dr. Robert Cialdini is a friend from years ago prior to Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And his book, Influence, was a book that Kim and I not only read, we studied. Blair and I, Kim and I studied this book. His latest book is Persuasion, The Revolutionary Way to Influence and to Persuade. He is a best-selling author and researcher, CEO and president of Influence at Work. Uh, his website is influenceatwork.com. So please look at his work. Comments, Kim? Yes, well, in Influence, which we all love and highly recommend this book, you talk about the six principles that that make up influence. But in persuasion, you talk about the seventh principle of influence called unity. Yes. What, what, is, what is that? What is unity? Unity involves the perception that the person I'm talking to is not just like me, but is of me. Of me. He's one of us. I include that person in the boundaries of the concept of we, who I constitute as we. Hmm. This person is inside those boundaries. And the research is very clear. Inside the boundaries of we, we give grace to those people who share membership in that category. We trust them more. We cooperate with them more. We help them more. We believe them more. We say yes to them more. That's why when I when I last time I talked to you, which was years ago, you said that was the, probably the most powerful word was when you used the word we versus I. It's also a signal if you are in a sales setting and you're dealing with a prospect and you hear the prospect change from saying you and me or you guys and us to we, you know that's the signal to move forward now with the close. This is your moment. The, you have arranged for this person to think of you in the terms of we. That's your tell. And there are particular strategies you can use to create a sense of we, even in people who don't feel that initially. But what, what you said was also is most sales guys are trying to get the customer to like them. Yeah. Your job is to get the customer to like you. Exactly right. That is one of the ways to create we. You show the customer that you like him or her, there's an immediate rapport, an immediate sense of connection. Oh, this is somebody who likes me, who values who I am. So let's, let's go back again. We started this whole program with a story from the book Influence about how Hitler was able to get the German people to commit, commit the biggest atrocities in the world. But you also, when you, the last time I was talking to you about what happened when the Japanese military, who were allies with or Axis power with the Germans, when they captured Jews also, there was a rabbi who was able to kind of talk the Japanese out of not killing them. How, how was that done? Well, the, the Nazis had sent uh, a guy to Japan to try to convince the Japanese to treat the Jews under their control in the same way the Nazis were. And the, and the Japanese said, well, let's hear from the Jews. What did they say? They sent the, and the Jewish community sent two rabbis. Right? And 
the to uh, be in front of a tribunal, and the tribunal said to to these rabbis, "Why would we take your side against our allies, the Germans? The Germans. Why would we? Why would we take your side against our wartime partners? Right? And one of the rabbis said, "Because." We are Asian like you. He changed the concept of we from a wartime alliance to something that had to do with a ethnic membership, uh, the commonality of place. Asian. We're Asian like you. And that changed the course of the war for those that Jewish community, they were not harmed, no matter how hard the Nazis tried to convince the Japanese, they would not go there because that rabbi has re- had reset the boundaries of we for them. Now the Jews were of them. Right now the country seems so divided. Yeah. Is, does this principle of unity, how do, can you apply that to a country so divided? Yes, and I think you can do it by pointing out the commonalities that truly exist, especially commonalities of values. Mm. Right? Mm. People resonate to those individuals who share their values, and where that's the case, you raise that to the surface, and that creates the rapport. Uh, but there are other strategies. For example, um, here's one that I, I, I like. Let's say you are you have a, a plan or um, a blueprint for, for a new initiative or a new product or a, a new uh, startup, whatever you, and you need feedback from people who you want to support it, right? What we typically do is give that person the draft of our, uh, our plan and say, could you give me your opinion on this? That's a mistake, because when we ask for someone's opinion, that person takes a half step back from us psychologically and goes into themselves. Mm. It's, a, it's mm. separation. Mm. They, go, they, they create a, a sense of separation. If we change one word persuasively, instead of asking for that person's opinion, we ask for that person's advice he or she takes a half step toward us psychologically. Mm. Wow. Because wow. we've invited them into the partnership. Wow. To be part of this mm. rather of than to we. be a separate wow. observer. Once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Our guest today is Dr. Robert Cialdini, best-selling author and researcher, CEO and president of Influence at Work. His book, his first book, Influence, really greatly affected the Rich Dad Kim and I, and then the Rich Dad Company. And the reason I think Kim and I are best-selling authors is very simply because we study the great influences of our time. And this latest book is called Persuasion, and it's what you do before you influence somebody. And I think this book is probably more timely than ever before, given how much competition there is for your attention today and your money and, and asking for your cooperation to work. So once again, it's a fabulous program. We generally have Ask Robert, which we'll have again next time. But the reason we skipped it is because we basically feel that Dr. Cialdini has an important message for all of us, especially because what he's talking about is how we can get along better. 
because we are so divisive right now, so divisive. It is the saddest, breaks my heart. Quick question on this, though. You know when Putin and Trump seem to be having this love affair and you mm-hmm. know Trump actually talks to people, mm-hmm. whereas he hated Obama and Hillary and all this? What was going on there? I mean, and then now we're, we're fighting in Syria, and and there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people being killed. I mean, that just, I'm a, I'm a former Marine. That breaks yeah. my heart. Yeah. Why are we doing this? I was once on the f- uh, stage with a famous philosopher from Oxford, and he said, you know, th- there is a, a, a way of thinking that we have become more civilized over the years as a species. He says that's true until we're threatened. As soon as we are embattled, we sink back to our most primitive Primal. tendencies. Wow. Jim? So, Bob, this whole this whole principle of unity and we is so important. Is there another example that you could share with our audience? We just had a important negotiation with a client, and we were s- separate from them in terms of uh, what we wanted, what they wanted, and so on. We went to their offices for a meeting. We got to the meeting room first, and instead of doing what we normally did, which is to array our team on one side of the table, when the other guys came in, they would array their team on the other side of the table, we would have created the geography of separation. Mm. Instead, I asked my team to take every other seat. Then their team came in and sat among us instead of separate from us. We had the best negotiation, Excellent. the best outcome we could have imagined. Like, I, I mean, these principles are so profound and so simple. This is what I love, that we can use this. We can put this into practice today. So thank you for, your, thank you for making such a complicated subject so simple. Well, thank so you. once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki. Our guest today is Dr. Robert Cialdini. His two books, Influence and his latest book, Persuasion. please get them. Even if you're not in sales, everybody's in sales. 